powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hey, Cricket customers. Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice! Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah! Phone plan streams in standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. I'm in my year of jubilee. I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day in Jesus' name. Amen. God, have your way today, God. We pray that you would get the glory out of everything. Speak to us now on this day, this first of your fall feast, God. This first of these fall feasts that represent a brand new spiritual year. We have exited 5783 and have entered into 5784. And Father, we give you the glory for it right now that our new is not on the way our new is now our next is not coming our next is now and for this we give you glory in this building and online i want you to praise god that your new has already begun go 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 hey glory to god just fist bump somebody on your way down say your new is already here your new is already here Come on, grab a seat. Let's go to work. So we're in week three of this series that we've been in called Fire. Shout fire. I've taught you that fire comes from this word peer, which means to transform so that things are never the same. And this is significant because that word peer, you'll see a very uh, similar uh, uh, structure to that word as the word pure, which means God says, I will use fire whenever I need to purify something. Come on, let's talk. I will use fire so whenever something needs to be brought to its most pure form. And for some of you, some of the fires you've been going through is because a lot of the stuff you've been through has contaminated you. And so God says, I'm going to release a fire to purify you. Watch me. So that your motives are right again. So that your heart is right again. So that what you're doing, you're doing it for God's glory and not your own. So fire, I've taught you so far, uh, it is paradoxical, which means it's simultaneously contradictory. Two things that are seemingly contradictory to one another, opposites that are true at the same time. Let me prove it to you. Have you ever been hot and cold at the same time? Have you ever been mad and glad at the same time? Have you ever wanted to, watch, watch me, wanted to quit and wanted to press at the same time? 
Have you ever been uh, happy with somebody and ticked off with somebody at the same time? So this is how fire works. It's, simult it's simultaneously contradictory. So by definition, fire means this. It is antagonism, hostility, and opposition, while at the same time, that produces passion, excitement, and zeal, which means my antagonism is actually what gives me passion. For some of you, the reason that God lets things antagonize you because that actually gets you fired up. See, you wouldn't have kept going until they said you couldn't do it, and now all of a sudden, you're like, I'm I'm about to show you better than I can then hostility hostility you came against me and when you came against me and you didn't just come against me you came against me with evil intent you came against me with malevolence they lied about you and they made up stuff that was the truth watch me you ever had somebody lie about you so you didn't say the truth about them Okay, maybe I'm the only one. Watch me. The hostility that is coming against me, it's actually what's producing my excitement, which means the more you act crazy with me, the more crazy that makes me about what I'm supposed to do. And this was a crazy, like David said in Psalm chapter 34, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth. But the reason David says that is because he's deep with around his enemy, which is one of the Philistine kings, Abimelech. And David begins to act crazy so that Abimelech would send him away. You'll get it in a minute. Which means for some of you, God says, I let you get on fire and have hostility so that it make you act crazy. So your enemy would say, rather than me dealing with you, I just rather to release you so I don't have to be bothered with your praise no more on three in this building and online I just want you to release a, a watch me a fiery praise which means I will praise God right in the midst of my hostility on three go one two three go good God good God good God Num number three, it is opposition. So the things that are coming against me, uh, watch me, to oppose me simultaneously, it's what gives me zeal. Zeal is what, watch me, zeal is what's necessary if you're going to do something well. You ever saw somebody do something, but they didn't do it with any zeal? So even though they did it, watch me, you didn't enjoy it because they didn't do it with any excitement behind what they did. For some of us, hear me, God says, I'm going to give you zeal, but the way I'm going to give you that zeal is through opposition. And every time things oppose you, instead of looking at the opposition, what I need for you to do, come on quickly, please, what I need for you to do is look on the other side of your opposition, which means, watch me, this is what you're focusing on, and this is what the enemy wants you to do. Because if I keep focusing on, watch me, and I don't mean this literally, but just for the sake of my example, if you keep focusing on the mark that's in front of you, Okay. Mark is an urban colloquialism that means person in whom I do not enjoy very much. See, if you keep looking at your enemy or your opposition, then what happens is it will steal your fire and you're giving your fire to him instead of giving your fire to getting around him. You'll give your fire to what's in front of you instead of giving your fire to getting on the other side. See, some of you are so, watch me, you get joy out of saying, I did this to the enemy, I did this, I did this. But here's where your real joy should come from. I looked around that mark and I saw that there was something on the other side of my opposition. You know what it's called? An opportunity. So you keep saying, God, I just need one shot. God says, well, I'm going to give you that one shot, but I'm going to put opposition in front of you. You keep saying, God, I just need one thing to turn for me. I'm going to let it turn for you, but I'm going to put some opposition at the door to make sure you want it real bad. Would you shake somebody's hand and say, how bad do you want it? Uh-uh, wrong person. Because when you ask that question, they should have responded with our own fire praise. Would you shake somebody else's hand, please, and ask them the question say, how bad do you want it? I 
I want it so bad, I'll fight. I want it so bad, I'll shout. I want it so bad, I'll clap. I want it so bad, I'll leap for joy. I want it so bad, I'll stay up all night. I want it, and I gotta have it. Would you shake somebody's hand and say, and I gotta have it? Uh uh, wrong person. Shake another person's hand. Say, and I gotta have it. Won't be denied. Won't be shut down. Won't be blocked. Won't be stopped. You've come too far to give up now. Shout fire. All of these things are happening at the same time. This is why it's a confusing place to be emotionally. It's a confusing place because I'm being antagonized, but I'm excited. You, there's all this hostility, but, but it's making me have zeal. See, this is why whenever your life is on fire, pay attention, whenever God sets something on fire, this is why it's such a confusing place to be because your emotions are all over the place. Because one moment you're having a conversation talking about how you're going to exit, and the next moment you're having a conversation talking about how you're going to build it. Mm. <laughs> one moment... One moment you said, I'm done. And the next moment you're talking about how you're going to do it double than what you did before. One moment you said, I'm sick of these ninjas. And the next moment you're ministering to them ninjas. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. <laughs> Would you look at somebody and say, fire! Let's go. All of these things are happening at the same time. And here's why fire is important. Because God is fire. The devil doesn't control fire. In fact, the devil isn't fire. God is fire. Now, let me tell you why our current images of the enemy often involve flames and fire. It is because Christianity uh, inadvertently adopted some of Greek mythology, which was Zeus, the god of the heavens, Hades, the god of the underworld. In fact, the current view most Christians have of hell is not even based on the Bible. It's based off of something called Dante's Inferno, which was simply one man's interpretation of something that had no biblical narrative or context from which to support it. See, you think Satan controls fire. So anytime there's a fire, you're rebuking the devil. But that's because Satan, watch me, he transforms himself until an angel of light he tried watch me he roars like a roaring lion but jesus is the lion of the tribe so the reason you think fire is bad is because the enemy took on the imagery of fire to make us think that that was him so now anytime your life feels like it's on fire you're rebuking the devil but it's not the devil because god is fire and deuteronomy up to 4 verse 24 the bible says god is a consuming fire which means he'll burn some things up he'll devour some things he'll bind which means whenever god starts a fire god says i want to sit down at the table and let's talk in other words we're about to dine this ain't gonna be no eat and run i want to sit down and talk talk with you and sometimes the only way I can talk with you is to set some stuff on fire because the only time you'll listen is when you're on fire the only time you'll listen is when you're dealing with some struggles is there anybody in the building beside me where you realize sometimes your only setting is go 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 so sometimes God has to set you on fire to make you sit down for a moment and let's have a conversation would you elbow somebody next to you please and tell them say God wants to talk to you and he wants to talk to you through your fire. Watch me. Because there's some things that you don't see until it's on fire. There's some things you don't recognize until it's on fire. Burn up, devour, dine, eater. Which means God says, I will release a fire when I need to eat something up. I need to eat up your doubt. I need to eat up your fear. I need to eat up your aggravation. I need to eat up how quickly you get, watch me, how quickly you get disturbed. Listen, some of you are too ticklish. What do you mean by that? Whenever someone tickles somebody, come on, come on, and I'm going to let him do it. Come on. Whenever somebody, ask me, just tickling, just tickling him under his arms. Get up under his arms. But when I was a kid, my grandmother used to get up on her arms. She said, give me that under arm, all right? Tickle his under arms, man. Come on. 
You ready? Watch me. Watch me. See, watch me. See, some of you, you're too ticklish, which means you respond too easily. You react too easily. And sometimes, watch me, God says, I have to, watch me, I have to eat up your, uh, your desire to want to respond to everything. Sometimes when the enemy trying to mess with you, you got to stand right there like a G. And no matter what, try, try to tickle me. Try to, and listen, no matter what, uh-uh, I ain't moving. Uh-uh, I ain't scared. Uh-uh, I ain't bucking. Yeah, I feel like I want to, but, but my feelings are not facts. I feel like, keep tickling. I feel like I want to act. Keep tickling. I feel like I want to do that, but I'm not going to respond to my feelings. Would you touch somebody close to you and say, don't be so ticklish? Thank you, gentlemen. Don't be so ticklish. You don't have to respond to everything. You don't have to clap back to everything. You don't have to respond to every text. You don't have to respond to every phone call. You don't have to respond to every crazy ninja. Because the neighbor says, stop responding to everything. There's some things you need to look at, then look over. You got to have a sanctified arrow. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Which means I see you and your trifling behind, but I'm going to look right over it. Ah, I see you and your disrespectful attitude, but I'm going to look right over it because I'm not that ticklish. Sometimes God has to eat that up out of you. But then here's my favorite definition of fire. It means to go up, which means any area of your life that God sets on fire. That's because he wants to take that area up. So here's your shout. If your finances are on fire, don't be like, oh my God, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. He's about to take it. If your marriage is on fire, oh my God, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. He's about to take your marriage. If your family's on fire, oh my God, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. He's about to take your family. Watch me. If your mind is on fire. And you're thinking, oh, I'm losing my mind. I'm going crazy. I'm going back and forth. No, you ain't losing your mind. You're finally about to get to your right mind because God is about to take your mind Shout it again, shout up! Shout it again, shout up! Let's go. Not only is God fire, but God uses fire. Luke 12 and 49. God says, I have come, Jesus, I have come to ignite a fire on the earth. Earth is this Greek word, the language of our New Testament, G-E, G-E, which means in your life. Pay attention. God says, I literally came to set your life on fire. I didn't come to leave you the way I found you. I came to set your life on fire. Oh, God. And watch me. See, when you're so on fire, there are certain things that you never have to deal with because your fire will move it out of the way. You're not listening, so I'll say it again. If somebody was to run through here right now on fire, you know what everybody would do? Back up from them and then watch them burn. See, when you're on fire, there are certain things you never have to deal with. Because when you show up on fire, people are going to back up and say, don't even mess with him. Don't start nothing with him. Don't say nothing to him. And they're going to watch you burn. But what they don't understand is it's burning, but it ain't hurting. It's burning, but it ain't killing me. It's burning, but it's making me better. It's burning, but it's taking me up. So he uses fire for four things. Number one, to be your aegis. This is your protection. Fire protects you. Number two, he uses fire to ameliorate you. This means to make you better. Number three, he uses fire to make you aware. Whenever you need to be clear on something, God will start a fire. So whenever you pray prayers like, God, give me clarity, what does he do? Start a fire. And so that way, everything that can't survive the fire, he says, I made it clear. Number four, he uses fire to advance you and accelerate you. Whenever God wants you to go further, faster, he sets you on fire. So what have I taught you? Fire is spiritual. Isaiah 4, 4. He will cleanse by a spirit of fire. Let's pause for the cause right through here. Because four is the biblical number of creativity. 
Now, I'll teach it in a second, but let's just get to the praise in advance because God's credit is good, so we don't have to wait until we get to the point. You can pray. Wait, 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 let me tell you what you're praising for. You've just entered into the biblical year 5784, which means God says you're about to create the life you want. You're about to create the family you want. You're about to create the business you want. Why? Because I send fire to create some things. You're going to work because you want to, not because you have to. You, everybody open your mouth and shout fire. Shout it again, shout fire. He will cleanse, which means he will create and destroy by a spirit of fire. Oh, if it's a spiritual thing, which means it's not bound by natural laws. What a natural law is time. See, fire is not just based in my present. Fire can go back to my past, clean it up, go into my future, get it ready. For some of you, God set your life on fire, and you're like, why is he doing that? He said, because we're about to go back and clean some stuff up in your past. I let your finances get on fire so we can go get your credit ready because you're about to purchase your first piece of property. Watch me. And it ain't going to be for you to live in. I'm talking to somebody. It's going to be for you to have other people pay you rent to live in it. Y'all ain't going to say that to me? Watch me. It'll go to your past and it'll go to your future. It's not bound by natural law, which means it's not bound by location, which means fire. Watch me. I can release one from anywhere, which means I can be in Denver, starting a fire in Atlanta. I can be in Atlanta, start a fire in Houston. I can be in Houston, start a fire in Miami. Watch me. It's not bound by location, by time, by distance, nor expectation. Say not expectation. Let's make it a little bit more appropriate for those of you um, that want to make sure that we are using the appropriate uh, uh, distinguishment as it relates to the English language. Just make this declaration and say, my fire will not be normal and will not produce natural expectations. So what did I teach you one week ago? That there is a mythological creature called a phoenix. And this phoenix shows us that fire is spiritual. Because this phoenix, literally by definition, the word phoenix means to go up, to rise, to be unique and remarkable. This phoenix sets itself on fire. And then, watch me, because it realizes once it's reached a certain level that, watch me, it can't go any further the same way that it is. I'll talk over here because they don't shout over here. See, for some of you, you're in the midst of a reinvention. Because who you were was good enough to get you to where you are. But based on where you need to go, God's going to have to take you. I'll talk over here. I'm going to give you another chance. See, for some of you, you're like, I feel like my life is on fire. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is. Because God says, watch me, you're about to set yourself on fire. And then you're going to rise from the ashes. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. The old me had to die, and the reinvented me is about to rise. Would you fist bump somebody and say, Come up, come up, come up? The phoenix, the phoenix, the phoenix sets itself on fire. And on Wednesday, hear me, I gave you two examples of this. Last Sunday, I gave you Elisha. Wednesday, I gave you Saul, who was reinvented into Paul. Elisha was an ox herder that was reinvented as a prophet. And not just any prophet. God says, you're going to do double what your daddy did. His spiritual father, Elijah, did one measure. But then the son did double. Which means, watch me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Whenever God sets you on fire, God says, it's not for addition. It feels like subtraction. It feels like division. You ready? But what it really is, is for multiplication. 
Now, only for those of you whose faith is like mine right now, which is on 10, which is amazing how quickly he got it there this morning. You ready? You ready? You ready? You ready? God says, watch me. You're not stepping into a season of your life where things are going to be added to you. You're stepping into a season of your life where you're about to have exponential growth. It's about to be multiplication. I dare you to just find the most on fire person around you and just touch them and say, you're about to multiply. What did he tell them in Genesis? Be fruitful and multiply. I ain't doing addition this year. I'm doing multiplication. Five times, 10 times, 20 times, 30, 60, 90, 100. Mm, look over at somebody say, I'm ready to multiply. I don't like the way they said it. Say it like you're old school missionary Baptist. Say, I'm ready to multiply. I'll tell them, say, I'm ready to multiply. <laughs> Y'all just got to free me up today. Y'all got to free. Because you don't know the fire that I've been in in the last couple of days. So, so because you don't know my fire, you don't understand why I'm so on fire. Shout fire. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. So a phoenix, a phoenix, a phoenix, you think, listen, let me help some of y'all. Because you think after one little bout of fire, a phoenix is good. But the phoenix, the phoenix never died, doc. Because the phoenix, before you could kill it, the phoenix would kill the old version of itself. See, some of y'all, I'm just so afraid it's about to end. I ain't afraid it's about to end. I'll kill it and make it better. You can't threaten me with walking out on me because I'll cut you and then start over with somebody better. You know what I mean? You ready? You ready? Y'all ready? So the phoenix, phoenix, I'll tell you what the phoenix does. Is the phoenix sets itself on fire. <laughs> and see, this is, this is what's crazy. Because people look at you and say, you should just be satisfied. People look at you and say, how come you just not happy with what you got? I'm a phoenix. I don't know how to settle. I'm a phoenix. I don't know how to be regular. I'm a phoenix. I don't know. You need to sit still. I don't know how to sit still. I'm a phoenix. I gotta be building something. I gotta be working on something. I don't like the way some of y'all are looking. I need you to look at somebody, please, and tell them, say, there's a phoenix in you. And you can't stop. And we won't stop. We don't die. We multiply. A phoenix process repeats. So... So I know you thought, like, God, I've been through enough already. He's like, to get to that level. To get to that level. He said, but when you level up, what does fire mean to take you? We're going to have to do this again. Okay. A phoenix process repeats. So it's continually reinventing itself. Which means the reason... You don't have to get stuck in a dead-end job. It's because you can reinvent yourself, get you some new skills. Lord, help these people. You ready? 
You, you, you don't have to get stuck. Say, I don't have to be stuck. Because I can reinvent myself. I know they said you'd max out at this pay grade. But what you don't know is, I'll just set my... I know they say that's as big as you can build your business in that city. That's fine. I'll just shut my... <laughs> I wish you look at somebody and say, fire! So, so, let's go. Let's go. So that's what today represents. Say continually reinventing. So today is called Rosh Hashanah. It's also known as the Feast of Trumpets. Now hear me, for all of my southern Hebrew speakers, because there's Hebrew and then there's southern Hebrew. So you're like Rosh Hashanah. Right? But the appropriate way to say that is Rosh Hashanah. Practice it. Okay, for my southern Hebrew speakers, you go ahead and do it. Rosh Hashanah. Right? Okay. Now, uh, it's also known as the Feast of Trumpets. Pay attention. Which in, that's the Gressicize or the Greek version the shofar. The shofar was the ram's horn. Now think about the ram's horn. This means you had to take this off of a ram in order to use it, which means blood had to be shed so that something can... See, for every person that feels a little bloody right now, that means God says, I'm about to blow through you. For everybody that feels a little bloody right now, God says, that's because I'm about to do something great through you. So, 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 listen, we're going to do it in a second. We're going to do it in a second. So they, they have to take this off the head of a ram, okay? <laughs> they have to take this off. Now, now listen, a ram is not just a male, but he's an alpha. See, and for some of you, you're so strong that you don't even recognize certain things God says. Listen, this is going to make you feel real weak. You are so used to calling the shots, but I, listen, but to get this ram's horn so I can blow through it, I'm going to have to let you go through some stuff that makes you feel like a straight P-U-N-K when you know ain't nothing in you but make it happen all day, every day. You're going to go through some humbling stuff. You're going to go through some stuff that makes you question whether you're called, whether or not you're saved, whether or not you're, you're going to go through some stuff that makes you question, is God even real? You have to take it off. You have to take it off of the ram. And it's used for two things. One, they'd fill it with oil. <laughs> they'd fill it with oil, and then that oil would be used to anoint someone. This is how David was anointed. Samuel, the man of God, took the horn of oil, and he anointed him in the midst of his brothers. But then it's used, and it's blown. And here's what that sounds like. It's used, and it's blown. And here's what that sounds like. Ready? Say the shofar. Say the shofar. Watch me. Watch me. Now let me tell you. Let me tell you what you just heard. 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 Say, what did I just hear, Bishop? You just heard the sound heaven makes on this day to announce that the old is over. And the new has begun. I came to tell somebody, your head start has begun. Your new isn't coming. Your new is now. Somebody say, and the shofar is blowing. Now, why is this important? Come on, let me teach it. I got six minutes. Can I teach it? Can I finish it? Can I teach it? Let's go. Say, my new is now. 
because God gives us a head start. God in the Bible are based on the Hebrew calendar. And on the Hebrew calendar today, say today. Today is the advancing of the spiritual year. There are four spring feasts, three fall feasts, total of seven. Seven is a biblical number of shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. So in the feast we see shalom, but when we honor the feast we are shalom. In the feast, we see shalom, seven. But when we honor the feast, we are shalom. The Bible says this should be honored forever. So this is not a thing. In that Old Testament, let me get you together because you need to get God together. Okay, listen, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Right, pay attention. You can rip that page out of your Bible that separates Malachi and Matthew as if God was silent. It's not that God was silent. God just wasn't talking to them. Okay, all right, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, which means, watch me, the God I read in Deuteronomy is the same God I read in Matthew. The God I read in Malachi is the same God I read in Revelation. Watch me, watch me. It is not that he was different. It's not that he moved different. There's no covenant in Scripture out of the seven major covenants of Scripture that is called the Old Covenant. So stop talking about that's Old Covenant. That's, mm -mm, none of them are called that. What you're trying to talk about, let me get you together because you don't even know what you're trying to talk about. What you're trying to talk about is what's known as the Mosaic Covenant, which is referred to as Torah or Torah, which had 613 individual mitzvah or laws that were given to God are given from God to Moses in order to govern the lives of the people. You have to remember these were people that spent years, over 400 years in bondage. So the only way they knew how to live was based on what the Egyptians taught them. So when they come out of their, watch me, of their bondage, God says, I need to give you some structure. I need to give you some order because you don't even know how to get my best in your life. So I'm going to give you Torah to teach you how to walk. I'm going to give you my word to teach you how to talk. I'm going to give you my word because for 400 years, your people never became what they were supposed to be. But I'm going to give you my word so that you become everything I created for you to be. And the Bible teaches us, the Bible teaches us that we're to honor the feast forever. Say forever. Okay, so what does forever mean in Hebrew? Forever. What does forever mean in Greek? Forever. So here's what I want you to say. Because today, today is the beginning of these fall feasts. There's only three, and they happen real fast. And that's exactly what's about to happen for you. Come on now, 15. Listen, can I tell you why your warfare has been so fast? You ready? Because your winds are about to be just as fast. Can I, can I tell you why certain things have been happening so quickly against you? It's because certain things have been happening quickly to push you. I just need you to shout fire on three. One, two, three. Fire. Now watch me. There, there are four spring feasts, three fall feasts. Now here's the word we're going to use. Say Shana. Shana. Tova. Tova. For my southern Hebrew speakers, Shana Tova. Okay. All right, but the appropriate way is Shana Here's what it means. Happy spiritual new year. More specifically, here's what it means, and I got to wrap this up. Here's more specifically what it means. You have a good year. Look at me. It's not just talking to somebody else. The inference and the emphasis in Shana Tova is I got to tell myself. You. You waiting on everybody else to give you a word. Give yourself one. You, you ain't no bishop to lay his hands. I ain't doing that today. I need you to look at your own life, point to your own self, lay your hands on your own self, and say, you have a good year. It'll be good in my family. It'll be good in my finances. It'll be good everywhere I look. So watch me. 
Leviticus 23 and 2. Pay attention. I like this. I like this because God plays the numbers. I like this. Leviticus 23. Mm-hmm. All right. The appointed times, the established feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim as holy convocations. My appointed times are these. So if you go up to old school church, convocation was seven, between three and seven days of church. You had morning church, you had noonday church, you had classes, and then you went home uh, for 10, 15 minutes to change and eat to get right back to church that night, to church all night, to then come back for a midnight musical to get back. Anybody grew up like that? Okay. You thought that was convocation. That's not, and that's nice, and that's not inaccurate, but it is incomplete. Because convocation means gathering, but more specifically, convocation is a meeting God sets with you. See, when I pray, I set a meeting with God. When I worship, I set a meeting with God. When I praise, I set a meeting with God. For some of you, like, God, why don't you ever show up? He says, because you didn't do what was necessary to set the meeting. You want me to show up because you pissed off. I don't care nothing about your little snaking attitude. If you want me to show up, you better pray. You want me to show up, you better praise. You want me to show up, you better worship. I don't care nothing about you crying. Set the meeting according to the terms I told you to set it with. But during these doggone feasts, God says, you're not setting a meeting with me. God says, during the feast, I'm setting a meeting with you. 915. Hear me. This is the first meeting. <laughs> Say the meeting's already started. No, 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 no. Here, here are the three fall feasts. Let me give it to you. Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah. That is today. If you looked on your calendars, Apple calendars, it said yesterday. And, and that is because in the scripture, a day began the evening prior. So it was Saturday evening going into Sunday that you actually begin the feast. Okay? Somebody say, we're in this right now. Heaven has sounded the shofar. And heaven has said, your warfare. I'm going to help. I'm going to help. I'm going to help. Say, the shofar has sounded. Okay, all right, all right. Number two, the Day of Atonement, which is known as Yom Kippur. Not Yom Kippur, but for my southern, my southern Hebrew speakers, there you go. The next is the Feast of Tabernacles, also known as Sukkot. All right, pay attention. Um, all of these feasts, say all three of them, these are times that God meets with us. Pay attention, which means these are times of an open heaven. Look at me. If you go up in church, you, you sometimes hear people say, we're just under an open heaven. And you'd be like, so when's something going to happen? I was that guy. I was like, I appreciate it, but just how do I track? Okay, let me talk over here. I love what you just said, but can you point me to, to I need to be able to track this. Because I don't mind being on fire. I just want to make sure that my fire will keep burning. Because when I get a why, I got wood. You know when my fire keeps burning? Because I got a why. And since I got a why, watch me, that means I got wood that's going to burn even when I'm dealing with a difficult what. So, so what does open heaven mean? There's no interference. There's no impediment. There's no blockage. What do you mean by that, Bishop? In Daniel chapter 10, Daniel prays for something. He prays to get an understanding of this vision that he has. Bible says on the day he prayed, God released it. Now, if the person next to you is just kind of doing their own thing, I promise you, I really want you to offend them. I mean, no, I'm so serious. I want, I want you to reach over them in the most rude, offensive, you know, loud at the soul food restaurant way you can be, right? I mean, I want you to act like you're reaching for some macaroni and cheese and it's one of them corner cuts and you are not getting my corner cut before I get to it. You ready? 
right, so because you got to make sure you're serious about this. You got to make sure you're serious about this. You got to make sure you're serious about this. In Daniel chapter 10, the Bible says that the first day Daniel prayed, heaven released him. Now, you just got to touch somebody. Like I just said, touch them and say, it's already released. That looked like Kraft macaroni and cheese reached to me. I said reach over like you're about to get you a corner piece of, of some fresh macaroni and cheese with a good crust on it. Touch somebody, please, and say it's already released. So, so, so here's the question. Why is it not in your hands? Ah! Why don't you have the keys yet? Why don't you have the check yet? Why do you not have it yet? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to tell you why. Say, say, there's been interference. Say, there's been blockage. Say, there's been impediment. In Daniel chapter 10, Daniel prays. And the Bible says he fasts for 21 days. The angel shows up. And the angel says, Daniel, from the day you prayed for this, God released this. But for the last 21 days, you couldn't see this because it was happening in the heavens. For the last 21 days, there was a spirit assigned to you. There was a spirit assigned to your city, assigned to your region, assigned to your family, assigned to your bloodline. And even though God said yes 21 days ago, I had to fight through the interference to get you your answer. So wait, so wait, so wait. So the angel says, and I needed help. So one of the archangels, what's an archangel? It means first among equals. Now, the archangels stand around the throne of God. They have regular meetings about you. Where you see this, Bishop, in Job, and there was a meeting, and Satan was in the meeting. God is a general. Generals only meet with their leading people. They're chief officers. It's a, it's, a break, it's a break of protocol for a general to meet with a private. You got some other levels you need to go through before you summons me. Let that be a revelation for some of y'all. You keep meeting with people that are too small for where you're at. Okay. I'll talk over here. Okay, let's go. Let's go. I got to finish this. Can I finish this? Hey, he says, I needed help. He says, so the archangel, pay attention, an angel. The Bible says one angel can slay thousands. Which means what kind of resistance has been against you? This is why you've been crying. This is why you've been emotional. This is why you've been frustrated. If one angel... Who can, one angel can slay, the scripture tells us, over 100,000 men in one city. If one angel can do that and he needed help to get you your answer, here's your shout. Who in the hell must you be that Satan has been trying to block you, stop you, interfere with you? I need you to prophesy to somebody. Say, there's something big about to happen for you. Look at me, look at me, look at me. 
can slay. You know what slay means? That's a fancy biblical word for kill. Hood, kilt. If one angel can do that, but he needed help, Maria. What kind of resistance has been over you? And you're like, God, I'm so frustrated. God, I'm so angry. And God's like, I released it the day you asked for it. So you mad at me and I already sent your answer. But there was some impediment. There was some interference. There was some blockage. And God said, I let that go on from spring until fall. Because when you get to the fall feast, you're under what's called an open heaven. Which means, I told your resistance, sit the hell down. I told what was against you, get up out of the way. I told what was blocking you, you got to go. Look at me. Which means, say the resistance is lifting. For those of you who are a little concerned, because I'm using the word hell, it's a Greek word, Gehenna, which means hot trash. I'm not cussing. You cussed, though, this morning, but I'm not. You ready? You ready? I got a G spirit on me today. I promise you, you don't want nothing to do. Look at your neighbor and say, but all of what I've been through, tell them, say, I got a spiritual gangster spirit too. Say, I wish the devil would. I, can I just get y'all to act like you had to go through some stuff, snatch you some air, and say, I wish the devil would. I, I wish he would. I wish he would. I, I, I wish he would. See, some of y'all ain't snatching. That's why you keep getting snatched. Snatch your hand like I said and say, I wish he would. One, two, three. I wish he would. For those of you unfamiliar with that particular vernacular, I wish you would actually doesn't mean I wish you would. It means I hope you don't. Because if you do, you're going to wish you didn't. So even though we're telling you we wish you would, what we're really saying is you bet not. I just want to translate. Because some of y'all got confused like, so I'm telling the devil he should come? No, no, no. You're telling him if he show up, watch me, he's going to suffer his greatest loss since Goliath. The Bible says, had he known what he was doing when he was doing it to Jesus, he never would have did it. Watch me, had he known what he was doing to you, he never would have done it. I got to finish now, 15. I got to finish. Uh, uh. The angel says, the moment you prayed for it, I released it. Or the, uh, the Lord says, the moment you prayed for it, I released it. I sent the angel with your answer. Angel means messenger. I sent your answer with a messenger 21 days ago. I had to get help. Come on, come on, come on. They're like, come on, help me. Here, here's my question. You ready? I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish the message. Maybe I'll just have to put it in part one, part two at 1115. We'll see what we get in the next six minutes. It's my mic. What you going to do? Receive. That's what you're going to do. You ready? He's real aggressive today. I know. Because you didn't see the fire. Let's go. You ready? Look at me. Look at me. I can carry this by myself. Doc, I, I don't need your help with this. 
Some of y'all want help to carry what you can. Lord, send me help. He was like, you don't need help to carry that. It's not that much. But watch me. But when we get something, that's a, uh, run me that table right there. Uh-huh. Push all the stuff off of here. Darling, come get this stuff off that table for me. No, 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 no. My stuff on the floor now. That's premium chapstick. Come on here. Come on here. Run that table up here. Run that table up here. I know we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna simulate. Okay, put it down. I didn't need help to pick up the seat I'm about to sit in. Somebody said, I got my own seat. Well, I needed help for because it's too heavy for me. Look at me. God says, I will prepare the table, but you're going to need some help to carry the table. Bible and I will prepare a table for you in the midst of your enemies which means when the angel said I need help he ain't bringing me no seat the angels bringing me my table I need you to look at somebody and say I waited years to get this say it is finally getting ready to happen say the table is set say the table is set Say the table is set. Say the table is set. And I'm ready to eat. I'm hungry. The angel said, the angel was like, this this, this is a lot of resistance I got to go through. He's like, come on. One of the archangels is like, come run him this table. He sets the table down 21 days later. He says, now let me bring you, let, let me bring you this understanding. Daniel had to, look at me, Daniel had to pray and fast to get heaven to open. Because watch me, it's not that God hadn't released it. Heavens, you only think heaven is where God dwells. There are three, say three. three. Bible refers to three. The first is this earth. The second is the chasm in between. And that's what Satan has authority over. Bible says he's the prince of the power of the so this is why he's trying to disrupt your atmosphere this is why he wants you so frustrated this is why he got you if you married couples don't stop this foolishness we fighting we shut your mouth the enemy's trying to mess with your atmosphere if you don't stop fussing and fighting with people he's trying to mess with your atmosphere because he's the prince of the power of atmospheres the third heaven Paul says, this is where God's throne is. This is where God dwells. You paying attention? So when we say open heaven, you think, well, God ain't done it. God said, I released it. The issue is this second heaven, it's resisted it. Because there's things and spirits and principalities, the scripture says. Which means they, they are like princes that sit in palaces to try to stop you from ever getting yours. They resisted. So the angel had to get help. Here's your shout. And we're going to have to finish. I'll do my best. You ready? <laughs> you ready? Y'all said take your time, but I'm sweating. Okay, look. <laughs> I thought this was a light. <laughs> a light hoodie. <laughs> okay, you ready? You ready? 
if the angel needed help, make this declaration. Say, whatever's coming, whatever's coming is bigger than what you asked for. Some of y'all looking like, duh. if you don't open your mouth, say, it's going to be bigger than what I asked for. How you know? He does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think. But then, I love you, 915. Then, watch me, if, if, if Daniel had to pray and fast to get that. Okay, God says, but when you get to the feast, I manually override, remove. So from now until October 15th, God says, trust me, the only thing that will stop you is if you let the residual from the resistance wear you out. And I just need you to touch somebody on the shoulder because you don't know, you don't know the fight they had in their mind driving the church. You don't know the fight they had in their mind before they logged on. You don't know how the enemy was telling them just give up, just quit. You don't know the fire that they've been in. Please touch the shoulder of somebody in this building online. Tag them or stretch your hands towards me. Say, and you will not get weary. Say, I pray the strength of God and the sustenance of God feel you right now put a praise behind that 915 let's go say we're under an open heaven so here it is I gotta give you these points real fast uh, heaven sounds are so far why does he sound a shofar? Because whenever the shofar was sounded in scripture, it removed interference. It removed blockages. It removed things that were impediments. And God commanded the armies to get an alignment. Which means, pay attention, say, say my army is being gathered to me. My army is being gathered to me. Trumpet, the grissicized version of the shofar. Now, pay attention, you say, well, Bishop, I don't have one of those shofars at home. That's okay. That's okay. Um, Bishop, I don't know how to blow so far. That's great, me either. They don't teach you that in bishop school. <laughs> Number one, thank you, gentlemen. Your shout is a so far. You can you know, leave the table right there. I need that to prophesy to me. <laughs> this is going to be my prophecy. I'm cool with my seat. I built that myself. I'm just ready to sit at my table. You ready? Psalm 47.5, God has ascended amongst shouts of joy. The Lord, the Lord amongst the sounding of trumpets, which means God says your shout is just like a trumpet, which is just like a shofar. So on 57.84, it's the first day of a new spiritual year. I know you've been busy. We've been shouting a lot. Listen to me and listen to me carefully, Linda. For the, for the success you're about to see, a shout is a small price to pay. On three, you're going to shout like your shout is the shofar. One, two, three, shout! Number two, 
The shofar declares victory in advance. You don't know why this means so much to me. You just really don't know. Numbers 10, 9. Let's go. When you go to war in your land, say there's been warfare in my life. When you go to war in your land, land means life, against the enemy who oppresses you, you shall then sound an alarm with the trumpets, which is the Gressicized version of the shofar. Gressicized, the Greek version of the shofar, okay? And you will be remembered before the Lord, your God. Okay, you missed it. God says, when I hear your shout, see, you've been so silent. God's like, who? But when you open your mouth and he hears your shout, he's reminded of your sound. And you don't sound like me and I don't sound like you. And every parent knows that when you hear the voice of your child, it can be a hundred kids on that playground, but you can hear when yours says something. Here's the, here it is. And you will be remembered before the Lord your God and you will be saved from your enemies. You missed it. God says, I shouted and I want you to shout while you in the warfare and your shout secures your success. You got one more time. You got one more time now, 15. I just need you to touch somebody this time when you shout. And I just need you to say, I got victory and put a shout behind it. One, two, three. I got victory. Shout. You know you make me want to shout. Pull my hands up and shout. Pick my feet up and turn around and I shout. Number three. Number three. Number three. Number three, some of you all, your warfare has, has weakened you. So much so, you're asleep. You're asleep. This is why I just don't feel nothing, because you're asleep. <laughs> this, is why, this is why you just, I just, I don't, I just, I'm just going through the motions because you sleep. What you have had to deal with has made you sleep. It's put you on a slumber. I need you to make this declaration and say, but I'm ready to wake up. Isaiah 61, arise, shine. Your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has dawned. Pay attention. Isaiah 61 says, uh, I need you to get up. Look at the baby and say, you have to wake up. You've been going through the regimen. You've been going through the routine. You've been going through, and that's good. But God says, I need you to wake up. Because I sound the shofar when I wanted to wake somebody up. Somebody say, that's today. God says, listen, you were just trying to survive this last season. God says, I need, you, I need to wake you up. Look at me. It's like being on a plane. I got to finish this. It's like being on a plane. Say, like a plane. You can get to a certain point to where you're just cruising. And I don't know about you, but that's, that's if I do sleep on a plane... That's the only time I can sleep on the plane because I ain't sleeping on the way up and I ain't sleeping on the way down. I need to pray this plane all the way through. And I need to see what they're doing. I need to see how they're talking. I need to see. They're like, what? And this one airline, they're the worst when it comes to that. Because I'll be like, I, he's talking. 
but I have no clue what he's saying. But there was some good snacks, though. Just couldn't hear nothing he said. You ready? You ready? Some of you, you've just been cruising through it. You've been cruising through it. And God says, I'm sounding the shofar. Because you've just been cruising. You've been asleep. You've been asleep at the wheel. You've been sleeping on your... It was so much warfare just to do basic stuff. That you were like, I ain't even trying to do no extra. Because just, just getting up and going through the day has been hell. But whenever you sit next to the right person, let's make sure... Whenever you're next to the right person on a plane and they begin to say, we're getting ready to land. Okay, I'll talk over here because they don't shout over here. <laughs> you're about to make it to your destination. Sometimes you need to hear something that makes you snap out of your slumber snap out of your sleep and wake up. Why? Because I'm about to land in what I've been laboring for. I need you to just wake the person up next to you, touch them, say, hey, 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 hey. Say, wake up. Say, you're there, you're there, you're there, you're there. Wrong neighbor, touch another one. Say, wake up. We're about to land. Number four, stand up. Stand up in this building and online. Stand up, please. If the person next to you is not standing up, help them. Because this first point is very important. If it's real aggressive at this 915, <laughs> I woke up. Number four, say today calls order. Nehemiah 4.20. Whenever you hear this, this is the original 4.20. Let me preach. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet. I ain't gonna mess with you, Denver. Just, I ain't gonna mess with you. Just stick with me. You don't want none. I was jogging the other day. And I was jogging past the bus stop. And I was jogging past the bus stop. The Holy Ghost, I think he did this for me on purpose. Because I've never seen this in Denver. But one of the girls at the bus stop, she started patting her hair. <laughs> and I turned around, and the Holy Ghost was like, son, I know you ain't got no hair. And you ain't got nothing to pat. He said, but I just need to remind you to keep the G. Keep the fight. Elbow somebody said, don't lose your fight now. Oh my God, it's 1055. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, shofar, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So the shofar calls things in order. Say rally to us. Your shout is about to call your money in. Your help, your support, it's in the Bible. You got, you got two more shouts before I got to wrap this word up. On three, shout like order is about to come to your life. One, two, three. Say, I call order. I call order. I get it. I get it. I get it. Number five, honey and apples. 
It's going to be a sweet, fruitful, productive year. Number six. Number six. Between now and the next 10 days is the day of judgment. God says between now and 10 days from now, I'm going to judge what the next 12 months will be. Number seven. Say, so this is my time to repent and return. Double the person next to you say, this order has to go now. So you got to get it right today. We begin what I call 10 days of awe. Leviticus 23, 27. You shall humble your souls. I'm going to tell you when we're going to fast between now and the next 10 days. Humble your souls means fast and repent. And present, because when it's an open heaven, you can't get in your own way. And for some of you, you were about to make the most stupid decision you could have ever made. And over the next 10 days, God says, I'm about to stop your stupid. You were only thinking that because of how heavy it got. Then he says, you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. This is why we sacrifice during the fall feast. You ready? I had to, I had to run through this last part. Because sometimes when you're landing and there's a lot of turbulence, they say, we're not coming through to collect all this stuff. They said, just look, put your seat up, put the table up. We're going to be there in a minute. I just need you to speak this. Say, things are going to happen so fast for us. Just like I had to rush through the end of this word and have time to do all that. God says, there's certain things, it's just going to happen quickly for you. You're going to walk into a promotion tomorrow. Here's about eyes closed. If you need to become a Christian, today's your day. Secondly, you need to recommit yourself to the Lord. Today's your day. Third, I don't know where things stand, but I want to get it right. Today is your day. On three, hands up if that's you in this building. Online, do the hand with emoji that says me. One, two, three. Respond and respond quickly. Don't make me beg you. I'm not James Brown or Keith Sweat. I'm not going to beg you. Everybody say this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are my Lord and Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fail or if I fall, give me the grace to get right back up again. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, listen. Here's the last thing we need to do. We need to sow. Uh, we need to sow. And so here's our seed today. Our seed today is 5784. 5784. Get it and get it quickly. 5784. Get it and get it quickly. 5784. You can use Cash App, Dollar Sign, Bishop Form with the number two. PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Givelify. All of that's available. Say it's all available. Say it's all ready. Say it's all happening. 5784. You said, Bishop, I want to do 5784. Do it. You said, Bishop, I want to do 8745. Do it. Whatever you sow, put those numbers in it. This is our seed today. Say, Bishop, I don't have it. Get as close as you can to it. Do not disrespect the Lord by hearing a word and saying, that's cool, but I'm not going to sow into it. You don't even do that to a restaurant. How dare you do it to your God? Sow something. Something. Say, Bishop, I got 10 cents. Jesus sat back and looked at the offering one day, and there was a woman. And the Bible says that she was a woman that was a widow, and she gave what was equivalent of a half of a penny. How you make a half a penny? <laughs> and you know what Jesus did? He didn't tell her not to give it. You know what he did? He said, I've never seen faith like this before. He said, because all of y'all gave, and you gave, you had it with no sweat. He said, she gave it, and she gave it out of her lap. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, bless her heart, she wanted to. Nope, because you don't get credit for what you don't release. You only get credit for what you release. 
I love you, 915. Pray for me, all right? What's wrong, Bishop? Nothing. And I want to keep it that way. I know some of my thugs is a little fired up. Like, Bishop, is there somebody we need to go see after church? I'm going to text you. <laughs> I just swear. I just swear. I just joke. Ah, cash out. Did I tell you the ways to give? I'm still caught up in this. Dollar sign, Bishop Form with the number two. PayPal, Venmo, Zell, Gillify. Hello at harvestchurch.church. Text to give. Text him out to 84321. Tap the link. All right? It's just, it's your new year. Name of this seed is, the number is the name. <laughs> the number is the name. I said, the number is the name. I said, the number is the name. Say, Shana Tova. My new is now. Lift it. Say, Lord, thank you for this new year, this fresh start, this new beginning. Today is the beginning of what I've prayed for. I'm under an open heaven. The impediments are removed. The interference is removed. The blockage is removed. In Jesus' name, amen. Masters are passing quickly at Grape Street. Don't forget, uh, listen, replays today at 5 and 7, prayer tomorrow night at 7. Uh, also, um, what else am I supposed to announce? Oh, if I'm your shepherd, come on, shamo. Um, God gives you shepherds after his own heart. You can live in Denver, Atlanta, anywhere across America, around the world. Be a part of the Harvest family. Scan the QR code or text Harvest to 55498. All right. I'll be down front to meet and greet you. It's going to be Speedy Gonzalez meet and greet because it's 1102. The next service starting 13 minutes. Okay? So it's going to be real fast. Y'all just give me a moment to just spray some smell good. Okay? And I'll be right back down. Let's do it together, everybody. Love God, love people, and love life. Hug to it. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 55498 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you and our out or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R 10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. 
They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.